Alright everyone, and welcome to the episode 2 review of Falcon and the Soldier. I believe the episode was called The Star-Spangled Man. Um, first, I just want to apologize and say sorry for any audio you know, issues or you know, my camera not being as good as it normally is. I'm house-sitting right now, so I don't have my normal setup, but hopefully uh, it's still quality enough for you to enjoy it. Uh, my name is Joe Fricky. I'm joined with one of the co-creators of the Movie Change-Up podcast, Tristan. Uh, what were your thoughts? Introduce yourself. How do you feel about this episode overall? Hey guys, it's me back again. For, I was here for episode one, I'm back for episode two. And if you listen to the first one, you heard that I was a little bit let down by the first episode just because I didn't quite get what it was going for. I thought it was a bit slow and I wasn't sure what they're trying to say with it. But the second episode I was a lot more into. I think it still has some problems, but I liked it a lot more than like the first one and I'm a lot more invested in where it's going to go and I'm excited to talk about it with you. Alright, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I like this episode a lot. I wasn't I definitely enjoyed the first episode, but I wasn't exactly sure how I felt about uh, the first episode, like where the show would go overall, but I really liked episode two, and I like it a lot more than WandaVision. I think when people go back and watch WandaVision, knowing all of their theories and thoughts and all of this stuff didn't really pan out and didn't really go anywhere, I feel like they won't like it as much as they initially did. But, um, yeah, I'm excited to talk about Falcon and Winter Soldier. I think they're definitely going away a little bit from the kind of stuff that Marvel normally just tries to sweep under the rug and just tries to be a kind of for everybody type of show. I feel like they're definitely exploring a lot of ideas that they normally don't do. Even yeah, in like Black like Panther. About, yeah, I like that the most about this episode is they get a lot more into that kind of social commentary and they're not really beating you over the head with it. I mean, it's there actively in the text of the show, but it's not like really forcing you to have opinion one way or the other. I think it's interesting that they're humanizing kind of both sides of the conflict and letting you choose what side you fall on yeah at least early on in the show yeah for sure and there's definitely some uh like racial things that they're talking about that i didn't think they would talk about on this show yeah i thought for sure oh disney they're gonna like really really shy away from talking about racism at all but they're at least mentioning it (laughs) that's even more than i thought they were gonna do and i'm i'm pleasantly surprised by how much that was present in this episode yeah and i think we're gonna like i mean it's kind of been theorized about and i have the same thought and i think it's definitely gonna be like expressly said that the reason sam you know didn't take the shield and didn't become captain america is he doesn't think america's ready for a black captain america yeah that's what i'm thinking too because they brought in the character isaiah in this episode and he's a character from the comics i one of the few marvel comics i've read was his captain america miniseries run and when that came out like 10 or so years ago at this point maybe even longer it was a really strong reaction people were like oh like a black person is captain america that's unfaithful to the comics that's not my character that's not my cap and i think they're bringing that into this show sort of the meta commentary of that and the way that we're seeing america react to that and especially with all the racial tension in the last year or so it's I'm glad they're addressing this in in any way. It's a good conversation to have, especially in these Marvel shows that tend to be very lightweight. Like you said, they're trying to please everyone. And that's kind of what for me is less appealing about Marvel than other stuff. I had my like shrine to Zack Snyder here. (laughs) (laughs) I had a whole week of worth of fun on the Snyder cut. And then I watched this and I was kind of like, Oh, it's just going to be another Marvel action show. And it is that in a lot of ways. I'll talk about that a little bit more when I get into some of the stuff I didn't like, but I was really happy to see they, they tried to comment on some stuff. Yeah, I like the uh, casting for Isaiah of Carl Lumbly. If you you know you don't know who he is, he was the voice of Martian Manhunter 
in the Justice League animated series. He was in Doctor Sleep, and he was also in uh, the classic Disney Channel original movie, The Color of Friendship, as the dad. So, yeah, he's been around a while. Crossover, you know, that's what they're here for. Yeah, yeah, he's been around a while. So, I want to break down this a little bit because I have my notes. Uh, I don't know how much you have, but I have mine down. As someone who has flunked out of college, I have no notes. I have just Look, what's you know, in I, It's how I've lived my I, life. I wasn't great in school, but what I did like doing was writing papers and taking notes. So I had tons of notes here. I wrote down stuff that I thought was great, stuff that I thought was good, and stuff that I think wasn't quite very good and they might have to improve on. I think that might be a good way to go down for this. If you think that would be good, just going through what we thought yeah. was great, if you want to start there. Yeah. Uh, do you want to start with your list, or do you want to start with what I've been one of my? You go first. We talked a little uh, bit about something I thought was great. So one one of my things that I really like is uh, the character of John Walker because it's like I could like he's rootable. Like they get they start off with his backstory and his origin, but he's basically just kind of like a walking microaggression where it's just like I like you and I want to root for you, but there's already things here where I can tell that you're definitely gonna be more of an antagonist and less of like a shitty ally moving forward yeah i was super impressed by that character overall i thought for sure after the last episode they're just going to immediately make him a villain and just from the first scene you see him getting ready in that high school locker room and he's had this kind of humanizing moment with his two supporting characters uh battle star and then i don't know the name of his wife or girlfriend that was there but she had that one scene with him so that was something i liked a lot about too that's the one thing i had down for the great is that i just really thought John Walker was much more interesting than I thought he was going to be. And like you said, he's like a walking microaggression. He has this extreme like white man confidence. He's always walking everywhere if he's supposed to be there. And there's that scene towards the end where they have that final confrontation sort of an out, outside of the police station. And you see him like messing with them, uh, yeah. blasting police sirens. And that's like something that anyone who's not a cocky white man would never do. <laughs> like, you know, you flash, you flash police sirens at like a black man walking down the street that immediately is like, could be a trigger for them and he's not even thinking of that he's just doing it because it's funny you know yeah and there's you know like uh there's a tiktoker i follow his uh, i don't know his real name but his username is uh straw hat goofy and he's basically like talking about how his character that is like has the look of captain america has basically his character has been propped up by black people and then he ended up taking the role of captain america from a black guy like his girlfriend's black um you know, his best friend, just like uh, Steve Rogers is black. Uh, he was introduced basically by HBCU marching band. Uh, then you have the Isaiah Bradley was the Captain America that they experimented on before him. And then at the very end, it's like, oh, but our Captain America now is still a white guy. Yeah, I really liked that they didn't just immediately make him a villain either. Like, you could have yeah. easily had him by the end of the episode, like, oh, he's teaming up with Thunderbolt Rolls. He's now he's going to, like, fight against them or something. And I think. I don't know how long they're going to make that last, but I do think it's good that they're making him... Yeah. Like he said in that scene in the truck, like, oh, I'm just trying to do the good thing. I'm just trying to be a good guy and do what's right for my country and for my job. And I kind of believe him there. Whether or not what he's doing is actually right, I think yeah. he believes that what he's doing is right. Yeah. And I think, because uh, I've like seen other people, and I fully agree, and I've had this thought myself, is the difference between Steve Rogers and I think it's John Walker, is Steve Rogers will do you know, whatever the right thing is, regardless of what the government says. And John Walker will do whatever the government says is the right thing. Yeah, it's very interesting to get those those dynamics between 
the characters. My favorite scene probably in the episode was when all four of them were together in that Jeep just kind of talking to yeah. each other and you get that tension immediately. That's yeah. what I loved about this episode more than anything. That's what I had done for great is just the interactions between the characters. Yeah. You finally get Falcon and the Witch Soldier together in their show and right from the start you can tell they're like at each other's throats and they had this like bickering relationship with each other and I thought it was really fun. You had those moments of improv with Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan kind of joking around with each other and getting at each other's nerves and I really thought that played well here. Yeah, speaking of, you know, Sebastian Stan and Bucky, I really thought him coming into the picture was going to be like number one, I didn't realize this show was only going to be six episodes. I thought it would be like eight or nine like WandaVision was, but knowing if I had realized it was only six, I wouldn't have thought this, but I like just him. Second episode, okay, we've seen kind of where Sam is. We've seen where Bucky is. Now we're just going to put them together. I like basically the uh, John Walker saying that he sees Steve Rogers like a brother, basically, where Bucky was like, nope, fuck this guy. Me, I'm going to Sam, and we're going to get the shield back. Yeah, I was, I was wondering after the first episode, like, oh, what are they going to do in the plot to make these characters come together? What's going to be like the big like MacGuffin that makes them in the same room together. Then it was just, oh, they're, they're in the room together. Like Bucky yeah. just shows up and he's like, oh, I'm coming with. Yeah, Bucky you know, basically I, shows I, up because he's like, right. fuck John Walker. Yeah, I like that too, that Bucky is like, you shouldn't have given away the shield because that was my first yeah. thought. I was like, Captain America, Steve, your friend, wanted you to have the shield and wanted you to have its role and you, you gave it up. I want to get a little bit more of, I'm sure we will, but I want to get more into Falcon's mindset of why he chose to give up that shield against the witches of Steve. What about the role was he not ready for was it just like the political pressure was it the stress of yeah. the situation i just want to get a little bit more yeah. of his mindset yeah i think especially with seeing isaiah bradley i think a lot of it's just gonna be like they're gonna he's gonna feel that america wasn't ready for a black uh captain america but i could be wrong yeah i think even if he wasn't fully like aware of that when he was making the choice that is something that was probably in his subconscious of like yeah. i'm gonna have this extra pressure of being a black man in this role and i'm not quite ready for that yeah. and i really like too how they're building the world around like the post snap world yeah. i wasn't i was a little lost in the first episode of like how is this even functioning like how is society working at this point like people are just casual about the fact that half the world's population like just yeah. a matter of weeks ago returned yeah. from yeah. <laughs> but i i like that they have this idea i can't remember the name of the group but there's some kind of group that's like the reparation council or something like that that's working to get people adjusted back into society yeah that's something i liked because wanda vision of course didn't really address it at all it was so focused uh, on wanda and vision's yeah. uh, shield we didn't really get much of the outside world so this we got, we got like really a, getting a post end game yeah we got like a small touch of it because monica rambo was you know blip but her mom wasn't and so she comes back and her mom died in that five years and that was kind of it spoiler yeah, alert I, for wandavision <laughs> yeah if you guys haven't seen wandavision i guess Hopefully you've seen WandaVision if you're watching Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Yeah. I feel like if you're going to watch one, you're probably just going to watch all of them, you know? Yeah, for sure. What did you think of the action in this? Because I thought the yeah. action fight on top of that train was, or on top of that truck was really like movie level action. Yeah, I thought it was really good. There were a few moments where I was like, oh, they're definitely in front of like a green screen or something. But 
outside of that, I really liked it. And I like, I like a lot of it when the action tells the story. Like, one of the things that I thought was interesting, going back to John Walker, is, like, Steve uses the shield in, like, creative ways. Like, he'll throw it, and it'll, like, hit a guy and bounce off another guy and then bounce off a third guy, where John Walker is very much, he throws it at a guy, it hits that guy, and it bounces back to him. And then he throws it at another guy, it hits that guy, and it bounces back to him. And it's not very, like, yeah, creative with not- it. Yeah, he's not super experienced using the yeah. shield. He has the training with it, but he's not a super soldier. He can't yeah. do, like, inhuman yeah. stuff with it. And that yeah. was my question going into this episode and going into, like, John Walker's arc is, like, how powerful is this guy? Because he's not a super soldier, so can he really do the Captain America-style action? And as soon as you showed up on top of that truck, it was interesting. It changed the dynamic of the scene so much because you have Falcon and the Winter Soldier together kind of working alongside each other, and then they show up and it's this whole yeah. dynamic shift. And I think in the action, like you said, they're telling the story through the action and you're seeing the tension between these people just in this action scene. Like that moment when uh, John Walker throws the shield and Bucky kind of catches it and has to like hand it back to him. Yeah. And you can tell he's like not feeling great about that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Another thing I'm curious about is uh, the earlier, like right before we had another white wolf name drop, which we've only had, uh, I think it was the post credit scene for Black Panther. Because if you're not aware, White Wolf was a friend of T'Challa's, like a childhood friend of T'Challa's, who was like a white kid that they discovered and was raised in Wakanda. And I think, that, you know, Kevin Feige and the people in charge at the MCU were like, we, we're never going to like have the character. We just don't have like the time to explain a backstory for like a new character. So they kind of just gave that moniker to Bucky. One of the things I'm wondering is since, like, the Winter Soldier was, like, this evil kind of guy, like, he did wrong, and a lot of the show seems to be Bucky trying to atone for all the wrong he's done, do you think by the end of the show he's going to completely ditch the um, White Winter Soldier moniker, and by the end of the series, he's like, his superhero name is going to be the White Wolf? That would be interesting. I was wondering that too because I think the Winter Soldier and Moniker has like a intense past to it, and you can yeah. tell Bucky's really haunted by that past and what he did in the name of the Winter Soldier. So I think he's either going to take that name of the White Wolf and make that his own, or he's going to try and like reclaim the Winter Soldier name and yeah. see like, no, I'm not what Hydra made me. I'm making it my own thing. Yeah, that would be. I think those are the two directions he has to go because I think his arc and this is just essentially going to be accepting his past for what it is and moving forward better you know yeah instead of running from his past he just kind of that's who i was and that's part of me and we see that in this episode too when he greets isaiah there's that scene like you, he's like i'm not a killer anymore and he says you think you can just walk away from that like you're gonna be a, you're a killer yeah. that's who you are so yeah. i think that conflict's really interesting inside bucky's character yeah for sure i could see i could see him going both ways of him or just like i mean he doesn't really have a secret identity, I'm sure. If you look up, if you go on Google if inside the MCU universe and type in James Buchanan Barnes, you're probably going to get a lot of Winter Soldier, you know, links that come up. I don't think it's exactly hidden, so I don't know if he necessarily needs a superhero name. But Yeah, I was curious about how secret his identity is because he had that date last episode, and it seemed like the woman had no clue that he was the Winter Soldier. He wore that yeah. glove or something to cover up his metal arm and... It's interesting. I wonder how much the public knows about like what's happening in the like the superhero world, you know? Because they're all like so casual about the fact that oh yeah, half of us were snapped out of existence, and then the Avengers like saved us and snapped us all back. But like even like Falcon, I mean, 
they had to be reminded they would be like this is Sam Wilson and they were like oh so it's not exactly like he's an A-list celebrity that people like know every day yeah I think it almost fits with the character too because Falcon and the Winter Soldier are like B Marvel characters compared yeah. I mean at least MCU characters compared to the leading guys yeah so it's like oh yeah if you tell me Falcon I'm gonna recognize him but maybe if you like this presented to me out of context I might not know who he is yeah for sure I'm interested too because one thing I wrote down that was good is that they're running out of trailer footage. I think WandaVision yeah. had a problem where the trailers were like so much stuff. Yeah. <laughs> like by the time you got to the halfway through, there was still stuff you hadn't seen yet that was yeah. in the trailers. And this is like the scene of them at the farm throwing the shield around. So we know at some point like they get the shield back, but that's not that surprising. You knew Falcon was going to eventually get the shield back. And but that's the only thing from the top of my head I can remember in the trailer that hasn't come up yet. Yeah, because I remember a lot of what I remember was like episode, stuff we've seen in episode one and episode two, and there might be the only thing I know is like Sharon Carter was in the trailer a bit, and we haven't seen her yet, so I imagine she probably comes in the next episode. Yeah, she got a name drop this episode, so I'm sure she'll be showing up soon. Yeah, she probably show up next episode. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see her. What if this whole show ends and Sharon Carter becomes the next Captain America? <laughs> that would be interesting. I'm sure the internet would have a field day with that one. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you're going to introduce a lot of these racial, you know, inequality and other themes like this and then be like, yeah, the next Captain America, still a white person. (laughs) Yeah, I I doubt that. I was curious at first, like, maybe by the end of the show, Bucky takes up the field, but now that they're bringing in all these racial issues, I doubt they're going to be like, oh, actually, here's, like, the better white guy. You can do it. (laughs) Here's just a different (laughs) white guy. Yeah. Uh, what are some other things you liked? One thing that I did like was we mentioned the action, you mentioned the banter between the two characters. I really also liked just uh, you feel that they actually have something to say a little bit because my first thought was like this is going to be a political thriller that doesn't talk about politics and it doesn't have a lot of thrills, you know. Yeah. But the one thing I was pleasantly surprised is it's at least trying to be a political political thriller. I think yeah. when you look at Witcher Soldier, it called itself a political thriller, and it commented on like surveillance and government overreach and that kind of stuff and systemic uh, injustice, like the way that Hydra had infiltrated Shield and the fact that Shield was like corrupt in the core because of this systemic corruption. Yeah. And I was curious because. We know Disney is, we've mentioned it earlier in the podcast, I wasn't quite sure Disney was going to go there, but I'm excited that they're going there, and I, I hope they go further there. Yeah. yeah. I don't think this is definitely a one-episode thing. I think this is definitely going to you know, continue throughout the show. What do you think about uh, Isaiah's grandson? Do you think he's coming back, according to all the theories that I've seen? Normally, I wouldn't. I would say no, because the MCU does like to just have like people show up and they take the name of a character like, and then kind of nothing really comes of it. But they are building up a Young Avengers. They have a Hawkeye show coming up with Haley Seinfeld, and they have, obviously, uh, Billy and Tommy were slightly introduced sort of in WandaVision. They're, I'm sure they're going to come back in some way. And I'm, I'd love for them to build up, like, a Young Avengers and have the, the Disney Plus shows be, like, their own thing over here with the Young Avengers, and the movies are over here with the, the whole big Avengers team, and once in a while they cross over for stuff. Yeah. So I think that's a sustainable like way to Like the CW, do but done well. Yeah, the CW, but not terrible. Yeah, that too. <laughs> I want to bring up, too, uh, the 
the flag smashers the the villain group of the, yeah. of the show yeah they did a lot in this episode to humanize them and give us some time with them and give us a little bit more of like what their goals are because the first yeah. episode it was just like oh they want a world without borders and i was like well that doesn't sound that bad like yeah. maybe you don't just throw away borders but we can like work towards being uni- united as a people but this got a little bit more into like what their means are and the interactions between them as people and i really just enjoyed the fact that they're not just humanizing uh, John Walker as a villain, they're humanizing the Flag Smashers yeah. too, they're giving him a lot of depth, because obviously when you're fighting against Hydra, there's not much depth there, yeah. they're literal Nazis. <laughs> yeah, and then the, them... A little bit more to them than that. And then vaccines was the thing that's being stolen was very topical, which I don't know yeah. if they really intended at the time, but... No, I, I was definitely thinking the same thing, I was like, oh wow, they're stealing all those vaccines and bringing them out to some like third world country, it's like, yeah. that's pretty timely, the United States is hoarding all these vaccines yeah. and I, I definitely like the Flag Smashers. I liked yeah. uh, a lot of that about them. I think we'll see Zemo come in too. He came in for like one scene this episode. I wonder what his dynamic is going to be because I was not expecting them to be like working alongside with Zemo. Because in the trailer, yeah. they definitely played him up as being one of the villains. And in this, he's just in prison and they're like, oh, we got to go talk to Zemo. Yeah. So I wonder what his role in the story is even going to be now. Yeah, I think it's going to be very much of like a Hannibal Lecter, Silence of the Lambs type situation where they work with him. You know, he's probably reluctant, and then at the end, he probably escapes to be, you know, a villain in something else. Interesting. Yeah, I wasn't. I never thought he would come back, but these Disney Plus shows they have an interesting opportunity yeah. for them to yeah, kind of I mean, bring people back. Daniel Bruhl probably probably has made more money playing Baron Zemo than any of his other movies. So he'll he show he can show up for six weeks, probably not do a whole lot, stand in a room and talk to Anthony Mackie and Sebastian Stan and collect a check for like five hundred thousand dollars. So yeah, I was not a huge fan of him in Civil War. I just thought he was kind of like a flat character that didn't really need to be in the story. You know, yeah. I, so I'm curious if this will be a way to like reclaim that character a bit and give him a bit more. Of yeah. his- comic book origin a bit more of an interesting depth yeah i think tv can do that because he'll probably be he'll probably i imagine be in every episode for the rest of the series or at least (laughs) there's four episodes left so yeah at least like three of the four with four episodes left how are you feeling about the pace of this because i want i honestly feel like there's a ton of ground to cover still and they've made like almost no progress on this flag smasher plot and almost no progress on this New Captain yeah. America plot. Yeah, this episode was almost a lot more of like exploring the characters than moving the plot along. Like we got way more on John Walker than last episode. Like we know what John Walker's all about. Uh, I, I, my theory is I don't think we've been fully introduced to the big bad of the series. I think the power broker is going to end up being kind of the main villain of the series, or he could be end up being more the main villain of the kind of MCU. Disney Plus, po- like the pocket of the MCU that is Disney Plus villain. I don't think he's going to be a guy that shows up in an episode and then he's just gone forever. I think he's going to play a large part in things moving forward if he's not just the main villain of this show. Yeah, he did, he got a name drop here as well. They're doing a, a lot of slow building on this. I wasn't quite expecting it to be so character focused and such a slow burn, but I'm into it. I was a little turned off by the first episode, but this one definitely had the pace better for me. Yeah. And how did you feel about seeing uh, Aaron Kellyman? I know you're a big Solo fan. You're the biggest Solo fan I, I know. She was in the end of Solo, and now she's oh, a yeah. 
my thing we was like I feel like her introduction of this was like kind of like a big trope of like oh this is the person we have to save and then uh, she puts on the mask and it's like oh it's like a big fake out and then in Solo her scene was kind of a fake out too of the expected uh, her character be like this big powerful guy and then it's just like this small like woman and it's like oh it's a fake out so I want her to appear in something Disney related that's not a fake out yeah it would be nice if it was a role or it wasn't like oh look at this little girl <laughs> yeah anything else that you thought was good before we move on to a couple things that I didn't like as much uh I mean, not really. I just kind of, I just like the whole thing mostly overall. I don't know, but yeah, I had some negatives. But I want to hear what you had to say as far as negatives. Cause it might trigger something in my brain that I forgot about. My first big negative is after watching two episodes, I'm starting to feel like this didn't quite earn like the runtime that it's going for. I'm not sure why this had to be a show. I I feel like if you condensed what we've had now, you could have condensed it down a lot more and really made this into like a a really faster paced, more interesting, more engaging film. And I'm curious where it goes from here, but so far I'm, I'm just wondering how they are earning this runtime and what about the story had to be told in a longer format that couldn't have been told in like a two hour Disney plus movie. Yeah. Yeah. I can kind of see that to me. It more just depends on how, how it goes from here. We're only a third of the way. And for me, it was mostly like the fight scenes, which I relatively enjoyed, but I did just, to me, there were just too many moments of like, Oh, that's definitely like a green screen or, Oh, they like cut away from this for a reason. And I just feel like the fight scenes could have been a lot better, especially if you're like an action show and the fight scenes are your weakest part. That's kind of a problem. Yeah. I'm curious how much is going to be. Cause we saw these big two action scenes in the trailer where he was like doing that, pseudo one-shot dive out of the helicopter and that was like the first scene of the show and they showed a lot of this fight too on top of the truck and we've seen that now so i wonder how much of the big action they're still holding back on us because they haven't showed much in the trailer so i'm cautiously excited i hope that means that they're saving some big stuff for last like you said they're bringing in a new big bad we could get some really exciting unexpected battles here because i think that's where they could shine is giving us some great great action in the finale yeah for sure I think if, uh, like, you know, final, like, the penultimate and final episode have some great action scenes, I could save it. But for right now, I just wish the action was a little bit better. And I'm just cautious still going into the show, because I think WandaVision, as much as I really enjoyed watching it and some of the stylistic choices they made, and I appreciated it for that, I think a lot of the mystery and a lot of the planning ahead didn't really, didn't really come to fruition. And a lot of the things that we thought they were planting seeds for future storylines just kind of never went anywhere so we see stuff like oh what about isaiah what about his grandson are they gonna come again or is this guy that they mentioned once that i can't remember what his name was now the guy who was attacking the flag smashers at the end that you think might be a main villain but all of this stuff's getting mentioned is it gonna go anywhere you know and i guess it's just because wandavision has given me this wall that i'm put up where i'm like okay i'm not gonna fully invest myself in this show theorizing-wise, as much as I did the first time around. So I'm just excited to see what they do with it, but I'm nervous that it's just all going to go to nothing, kind of like Division did. Yeah, and also we forgot one important thing during that fight scene is R.I.P. Red Wing. Red Wing's done. Oh, yeah, Red Wing. The drone got killed, you yeah. know? Yeah. I was hoping it would be more of a choice. Like, I was hoping that Falcon would give up Red Wing and give it, like, a commentary on drone warfare, and he's like, maybe I shouldn't use this, like, 
unmanned weapon, but it just got destroyed. <laughs> that works for me. I wonder if he's going to bring in like an actual falcon. Like that was from the comics. He has a literal falcon. No, I think what that it is is he's going to need. I think it would be cool. I think what it is is he's going to need a guy like extra eyes and ears because him and Fal or him and uh, Bucky are going to be busy. So he's going to bring in his uh, friend Torres to kind of like help them out. And uh, yeah, Torres, Torres is going to be like his sidekick and then take over the role of Falcon when. Do you think Torres will be a Disney Plus character that comes back around for other stuff? Yeah, I think so. I think we we haven't seen the last of Torres because otherwise, like for the most, like they brought him back in this episode, like he was in a few scenes that I, I was watching them, and I'm like, we really don't need him anymore. To be honest, like he helped bring. Uh, Falcon into the story, so I feel like the only reason they're bringing him back is because he's going to be important later on. Yeah, I'm excited about that. I just am very interested in seeing how Disney is going to build out this universe that they have on Disney+. Plus. I was very impressed by WandaVision, even though it didn't end quite how I wanted it to. I still had a great time watching it, even yeah. all the way to the last Ralph Boner joke, you know, and I'm enjoying this a lot, even though I have some criticisms about it not quite... Yeah. hitting the pace that I want and not quite leaning into the commentary as much as I wanted them to, but I'm into these shows and I'm excited to see, I know what Loki's next, I think, after this. We have like yeah. a month off and then Loki. Yeah, Loki, this goes until the end of April and then I think Loki is sometime like mid-May or early June or something like that. Yeah, that'll be interesting too because Loki is easily the most disconnected of these shows that yeah. we haven't seen him since Endgame, I guess, because he got that cosmic cube and disappeared. So... I wonder yeah. what he's been up to, and I'm sure that show will address it, but I think that's their opportunity to really get out and weird in the multiverse of stuff that people were hoping WandaVision would do. I think Loki is what they can do that in. Yeah, especially because it has the right, one of the writers of Rick and Morty, and then he did something else that was like multiverse-related, and I don't remember what it is, but I think that show's going to have all the weirdness that people wanted from uh, WandaVision, so... That's, those are the only really complaints that I had. I wasn't totally sold on the plot so far. I'm, I'm into it, but I'm just curious where they're going to go with yep. it. And Some of their politics are a little questionable, like the fact that Bucky and uh, Sam are just like these both sides middlemen who are like, oh, actually, both sides are wrong. And it's like, I hope they can learn a little bit more about yeah. these villains. And it's not just like, oh, let's take down the Flag Smashers and... Yeah. I just hope that they get a little bit more complex with it. Yeah. I'd be curious to see what they do with this group. Because, I mean, they're kind of in the comics, but not really. Because in the comics, it's just one guy, and his name is Flag Smasher. So. Yeah, I'm curious about that, too. I did read a couple flag, of the Flag Smasher appearances. I know he was in yeah. his first appearance in Captain America. I read that issue on Marvel Unlimited. So I've been trying to get a little bit acclimated to the Marvel comics. I was always a DC guy myself. Yeah, but me too. So the MCU is essentially my my marvel universe you know I, yeah, same. I have read a handful of stuff but my my knowledge comes from the mcu so i'm excited mm -hmm. hopefully this kind of stuff will influence me and others to get into the source material a little bit oh i will say one of the things i didn't like and this is super nitpicky is when the government rolled up on the flag smashers and the guy left and he's like oh i'll protect us you know i'll risk my life and he shoves the light pole down 
and then runs at the cops as the as like everyone's getting on the plane and taking off, and like they're all just shooting at him and he dies. He literally could have accomplished the same thing by pushing the flagpole over and then just running back to the plane and getting on the plane and leaving with everyone else and still being alive. Like him yeah, running at the cops beats, did you know? nothing. What? Those small little beats sometimes don't hold together, but that's that's this Marvel. At, at this point, like I have my expectations a bit lowered for Marvel because they're they're not concerned about the gritty details of that kind of stuff. You know, you watch yeah. Endgame, and if you think about it, the time travel doesn't totally hold together and make sense. But that's just because like they don't care about that kind of stuff. They care about the spectacle and the fun and the characters, especially the characters. That's where their focus is on, and I think Marvel is really shining here because that's their focus they have the characters they have the dialogue the interactions and that's really what's memorable here i was laughing along with all the good jokes and just having a good time watching it yeah i loved uh winter soldier's line when they smash red wing and he's just like i've always wanted to do that and then everything with you know bucky and falcon's uh counseling session was great too that was good i'm curious if that counselor would come back i feel like they gave her a good finale here i wouldn't expect her to return no I could see her coming but, back in, like, the f- final episode for something. Maybe, like, a one final joke. Or if they... Because I know WandaVision started having post credit scenes in the last, like, two or three episodes. I could see if Falcon and Winter Soldier starts having um, post credit scenes. Maybe, you know, Falcon... You know, they're doing something that makes the news. And it's just a shot of her watching them, you know, beat the shit out of people. But, like, working together. And she's, like, kind of proud in a way. That would be interesting, because at least he's he's hurting people. He's breaking world number two, yeah. but he's opened up a bit. He's become, yeah. you know, he's partnered up with Falcon. They're getting along well. That's I think what she ultimately wanted from him is to open up yeah. socially and connect with people. Uh, yeah. So that's all that I had. I wanted to ask yeah. you, lastly, if you have any predictions now that we're two episodes in. Yeah, Zemo been... just showed up. What's happening next? Yeah, I've made some predictions throughout. I definitely think they're going to work with Baron Zemo. And he's going to have some knowledge, and it's going to be very much like a Hannibal Lecter, Silence of the Lambs situation where maybe he he knows the power broker, or he knows, uh, I can't remember her name, but the one, the woman that was in Solo, like maybe she used to work for him or work with him, and so he can give him some kind of insight. Uh, and then I think he's going to break out. I definitely believe that by the end of the series... Uh, I think Bucky will either have reclaimed the name Winter Soldier or will now go by White Wolf, and I believe Sam will be the new Captain America and Torres will be the new Falcon. Yeah, it's a lot of what I'm thinking. I, I'm very excited to see Zemo showing up next week. That's my biggest excitement going in, is I want to see him playing those kind of head games, like yeah. the head of Electra style, like you mentioned. I want to see him kind of yeah. getting into Bucky's head, especially because they have that Hydra past together. I think he oh. could really be that kind of devil on his shoulder telling him, oh, this this guy, uh, Falcon, he doesn't care about you. You're a killer. You're not going to ever connect with anybody else. And being that little voice in the back of his head and giving kind of a physical vocalization to his problems. We had that, like you mentioned, the therapy scene this week yeah. where he gives that rationalization like, well, if Cap was wrong about you, maybe he was wrong about me. And I it's saying like, oh, he can't really get better. I can't really get over my past. That's his ultimate fear. And I think Zemo in the end could represent like Bucky if he never got over his past he's still going to be a loyal Hydra mm-hmm. I do wonder if Zemo will have some kind of redemption arc to parallel Bucky's yeah I don't think so I think I do you think there's any chance like 
to like show how far Bucky has gone that Zemo will try that thing he always did to like mind control Bucky where he just read those like random words and like it won't work this time and Bucky will realize like okay I'm not the Winter Soldier anymore I'm not that I forgot about those words I think that will come back for sure the only one I remember is Homecoming because people thought (laughs) it was a reference to the Spider-Man movie and then the writers came out and were like we had no idea that was the title for the next Spider-Man movie when we wrote that I do think there is potential for a Zemo uh, kind of turnaround. Maybe he won't become a good guy, but I could see him like sacrificing himself to yeah. save team or something like that. Because he yeah. was one of the more empathetic villains that Marvel's had. They tried to give him that cult, that dark backstory of yeah. it in Civil War, where his family was yeah. killed. Yeah, like everyone. It seems like all of the villains in the MCU are stemmed from like what happened in Sokovia. That maybe they would have just been better off to let Ultron take over. Yeah, we had the Sokovia for that whole phase was like their moment that people were being inspired by. And I think now it's going to be the snap. I think we'll see a lot of the after effects of that. And a lot of villains are inspired by that. The Flag Smashers are trying to bring the world back to the sense of chaotic unity we had during the, during that five-year gap. And I think we could see this a similar thing in some other villains where they had that opportunity when people were gone. Or maybe they got snapped themselves and it was some kind of life-changing experience for them. Yeah, for I'm sure. definitely excited for that. The one thing I'm the one minor gripe I have is like with the flag smashers of like, oh, the world was better before the snap. It's like the only way I would believe that is they have like no close family members or friends that disappeared in the snap. Like if your mom or like dad or brother or like your significant other or a kid disappeared in the snap, it doesn't matter like how good you thought life was during the snap. You're not going to be like, Oh, I'm gl- I wish that didn't happen. Like I wish they weren't snapped back. Yeah. I'm curious. I had a similar complaint about WandaVision. We had Hayward in that who had, you weren't there. You didn't see what it was like. And now we had the flag smashers who were like, Oh, you weren't there. You don't know what it was like. It was actually great. And I wish we mm-hmm. could somehow get a look at what it was actually like in that time. Cause we didn't really see any of that. We saw, this the Avengers killing Thanos and then we skip forward and it's been five years and the world just kind of shut down and I still have tons of world building questions about like how does that even like how does society even function with 50% less the population how do we have a power grid how do we have like a food supply and how now are we back to normal so quickly yeah that's why I think it would have been interesting if instead of the Captain Marvel movie we got that ultimately was pointless and didn't really matter as if we got a Black Widow movie instead that took like the only way thing it would have ruined is it would have ruined like that they went and killed Thanos because like if they had found a way to make it so Thanos died and then that was kind of it and like it's like oh we kind of won it was like a bittersweet victory we killed Thanos blah 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 but then you have a, the a, the if the Black Widow movie had come out in between uh, Endgame and Infinity War and you kind of saw her running the Avengers in that time and like their fighting groups that are basically have taken over when governments have fallen apart and all of that with half of the population being disappeared. Yeah. I would love to get some kind of Disney plus series set in that time frame because they're playing uh, fast and loose with the timeline on these plus shows. Cause WandaVision was like a matter of days after Endgame and, this feels like it's much more time has passed. They're a little bit back to like a normal functional society than they were in Endgame. Yeah, this feels like six months or so, like not quite a year, but like a little bit of time, like six months or so after Endgame. 
my dream Disney Plus show is it's the Punisher. He's in Hell's Kitchen, and it's during the blip. It's in that five-year gap, and he's trying to maintain order. He's fighting against crime lords. He's fighting against cops mm-hmm. gone bad, that kind of stuff. I would love to see like yeah. him this gritty kind of survival horror yeah. series with the Punisher during the snap. But that's yeah. kind of a dream, I think. I doubt yeah. they're going to do much with the Punisher for a while. Yeah, and I still want my anthology blip show that's just every week or every episode you know give me doesn't need to be too long just like one season 12 episodes and each episode focuses on a different person just regular average guy that's never been like in the movies or any of the shows and how they were affected by the blip that's what i want also can i get your quick thoughts uh black widow moving to disney plus are you going to be watching it in theaters or are you going to pay the 30 bucks to be watching um, I don't know. I'm half and half. Do I want to pay $30? Not really. Do I want to go be around human beings? Not really, because human beings suck, so. Yeah, so I'm, lose, I'm lose. probably going to see it in theaters. I've still planned for my AMC A-list, so I'm trying to use it for the best of my ability. But I've, even in the pandemic, when there's like five people in the theater, there's already been some negative experiences. I went and saw Judas and the Black Messiah last night, and there was literally a person in the back on TikTok doing parts of the movie and you could hear the videos playing. I'd have been <laughs> like, I was like, you're literally scrolling through TikTok videos in the middle. There's only like four of us in this theater. Who does, like, why? Like, who does that? I fucking, I, see, this is I why I hate imagine. people. This is why people, when they're like, oh, the movie theater experience is the best, I'm like, no, it's not, because the fucker's like that. It's only the best if people are actually respectful. Like, when you go to the Marvel movie opening night, that there's nothing like it. You see Endgame, like, Thursday, 7 p.m., and the whole crowd is like, losing their minds at the coolest moments that's there's nothing like that i'm not gonna scream and cheer for a, a show in my bedroom right here watching it on this tv well then you need to see how i watch tv i i <laughs> talk to my tv all the time like i'm yeah, watching no, temptation get... island oh that's a good tv yelling show yeah i'm sure it is I, i've yelled at my tv a handful of times but it's not quite the same as oh. cheering for captain america catching the hammer in avengers endgame yeah curious to see yeah i don't know i i wonder with them putting it on disney plus like what their reasoning behind are they like hey this movie's we think this movie's awesome and it'll be at the top of a lot of people's mcu lists and like i guess we'll just put it on disney plus because hopefully it'll drive subscribers or they like this movie kind of sucks let's just fucking dump it because it's like we don't know when theaters are gonna open or if it's like hey we have a schedule to keep here and, like, this movie has to come out before Eternals. And it's like, we just can't keep pushing all of these movies back indefinitely. So, regardless of quality, we just gotta put this movie out. Yeah, I'm curious how much it'll affect the schedule of things. Because already we're out of order. Falcon was supposed to be first, and now it's second. And WandaVision was supposed to be second, and then it was first. And we waited how many months now for Black Widow? That was supposed to come out, I think. Black Widow was shows. basically supposed to come out May of last year. Now it's coming out May of this year. I am curious how much the storytelling of the MCU is going to be affected because this is the first time they're intertwining so much stuff between the shows and the movies and all that kind of stuff. And it's a bad, yeah. bad time for them to be doing that. I mean, granted, they may have dropped it. Well, no, because, yeah, I don't know. Watch it fucking, like, Florence Pugh 
as the new Black Widow just shows up. Because that's a theory I have is basically the movie is called Black Widow and Scarlett Johansson's all over the poster. But I think it's going to basically be a Florence Pugh is the, her, as the new Black Widow origin story. So watch her just show up as Black Widow at the end of Falcon and Winter Soldier. And people <laughs> are just going to be so confused. Yeah, they're like, oh, our bad. That wasn't supposed to happen. I wonder because they have some kind of crossover shows coming out like Secret Wars and that kind of stuff. I'm sure they're going to want to bring in movie characters for that kind of stuff. So they're going to have to really look at the schedule and figure out the timing of that because they moved some stuff around Shang-Chi's in like September now, yeah. which is weird. Yeah. Hopefully hopefully by this time next year, it's going to be like nothing happened. Hopefully. If I already start, I don't know about in you know Chicago area, but in Georgia, people don't give a fuck no more. Chicago people still kind of do, but it depends what where you are and what you're yeah. doing, you know? Yesterday morning I was in a gas station. The gas station was packed, and this is like a bigger gas station too. It was packed with people. I think I saw like four people wearing masks. I was in Publix yesterday evening. I think it was like half people weren't wearing masks and like half were not, so. Yeah, if you're out in a grocery store and you see somebody not wearing a mask, it's like they're a leper, you know? Yeah, not, not in, in Georgia. A, in Georgia, station, they're just like small. whatever. Any, any final thoughts on Falcon and the Winter Soldier? I think I've covered everything. Yeah, I think, pretty much I think we've covered everything. We've gone into talking about masks now, so I think we're yeah, all now we're talking about masks. We've talked about theaters. I've complained about TikTokers. I think we've covered it. Yeah, also follow us on TikTok at Movie Change Up. So. Yeah, Just Joe's don't watch us in a movie theater. Just don't watch us in a movie theater. I'm, I've you know been house-sitting, and so I've been lazy the last few days, but i got to think of some ideas, some concepts to throw up on TikTok. But, yeah. Right. And in a couple of days, we'll be doing a Snyder Cut uh, spoiler review. So if you guys yeah. watch the Snyder Cut, I think all four of us will be on that one. So it won't just be yeah. me and Joe. We'll have yeah. some very diverging thoughts. I know me and Johnny and Bobby all have different opinions, and you too. So I think it'll be interesting to hear us all debate on our thoughts on that four-hour epic movie that I've now watched three times. Jesus Christ, I've still only watched it once. I think I'm going to watch a little bit of it today. But yeah, Tuesday, 7.30. Right here, twitch.tv slash moviechangeup. Uh, we're going to be uh, doing a review of, a spoiler review of uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League. And can't wait to talk about how extremely mediocre that movie is. So Yeah, I'll talk about how it was one of the best comic book movies I've ever seen. <laughs> All right, well, that's enough of that conversation. Uh, have a great rest of your Saturday or whatever day you happen to be watching this on. Uh, you know, we had a lot of fun talking about it. Uh, we'll be back next week. I think next week we're going to try and do this on Friday, probably around like 7 o'clock if we're both available. We might have other people on if they're available, but it'll always usually just be at least the two of us. So come back next Friday to watch us talk about Falcon and Winter Soldier. <laughs>